0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Health Talk Radio Live. I'm your host, Ron Meinhart. Today we have a special guest, Dr. Zach Mazzoni from Dayspring Integrative Wellness in Bath, Maine. Dr. Zach, thanks so much for joining me in this uh, little podcast we're going to do on the coronavirus. We're thankful for those of you who might be watching live soon or uh, watching this even afterwards on Facebook or YouTube. Uh, We have a number of questions that we've kind of selected beforehand that we think are important and relevant to you as uh, listeners and viewers. And let's go ahead and get right into it then, Dr. Zach. Sounds good. Um, The first one, first question we have here. What are some key lifestyle factors involved in prevention of severe coronavirus infection?
1: I, th- I love the question because it talks about the really the critical part of making sure that not just with coronavirus, mm-hmm. but with any situation that you're protected, and it's the immune system. And uh, you know, there's a few points on that I think that we need to talk about. Lifestyle, a is a choice, mm-hmm. and I think that's a really really important uh, to talk about because people can feel like sometimes they don't have a choice. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Especially in situations like this, if you're in your home or if you're kind of feeling a little cabin fever. But, you know, even in difficult times, uh, people still maintain their freedom of choice. You know, Mm -hmm. I think of that great quote by Viktor Frankl, who was a World War II, um, was in one of the Holocaust camps. And he said, basically, the last thing that they can take, the last human freedom that that really is yours, that they can't take, is your freedom of choice. Mm -hmm. And that brings us down to lifestyle, Mm -hmm. right? And unfortunately, in our country, (laughs) uh, what we don't talk about a lot is that we've made some lifestyle choices that haven't been based on really good evidence, mm-hmm. and even practically haven't worked out to show really good health. Yeah. And because of that, we're at increased risk in our nation compared to some other nations for being affected by not only coronavirus, but any virus. Mm-hmm. And so it really talks about how do you build the immune system to be able to withstand that. Mm-hmm. Um, and those choices really revolve around you know nutrition, and revolve around exercise and the choices we make. They revolve around what we drink Uh, They revolve around our attitudes. There are so many things that play into the immune system because an immune system, philosophically, you have to decide how you look at it. You can look at the body, and a lot of times Western medicine especially looks at the body as not being very competent, not being put together well, kind of a series of mistakes that just kind of worked out this way, and so we got to kind of help it along, right? Well, that's one philosophy, and it's not a philosophy that I have. I look at the immune system as a miracle. The immune system has this amazing capacity to learn, to grow, to see the environment, and to protect the individual, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you look at the body as being designed with beauty, if you look at it as being designed in a competent manner, Mm -hmm. then you want to learn how do I work with that design instead of how do I come in and try to somehow fix the design, right? Mm, Yeah. And this is where choice really is important because if you realize that we're designed well, then you got to think about, okay, what's the design? Our bodies need to see different viruses, they need to see different bacteria, they need to know how to respond. A lot of the problems that we're having in our environment now are autoimmune problems because our bodies are not working a lot of times the way that they're supposed to. So with the immune system specifically, you got to build the immune system on what makes it work, right? Mm-hmm. You have to be outdoors. You have to be in the environment. You have to allow your immune system to see a little bit of insults every once in a while so that it knows that's kind of normal and that's not. It's, if you will, it's kind of like a guard dog. Mm-hmm. And if you watch anybody that has a really well-trained dog, their dog looks at the master and says, can I trust this person <laughs> you're hanging out with yeah. or do I need to eat them, right? <laughs> that's right. And that's kind of what the immune system does. So really the lifestyle factors are phenomenal. If we could really focus on some of the things that help, you know, you just laughed Getting together and laughing actually is really building for the immune system. Mm -hmm. So social connection is hugely important. You know, the foods that we eat are really important. We live in a time now, from a lifestyle standpoint, that we've got foods we've never really had before in in Earth's history. Mm. And we have exposure to fast foods, to chemicalized foods, to to things that really don't belong in our body. And our immune system doesn't know how to respond to that. Mm. And then so when you get... Exposure to those types of things, our immune system a lot of times will overreact. And if there's damage to the body, especially in the gastrointestinal system, Mm -hmm. what people sometimes don't appreciate is that your immune system, really most of it is based in your intestinal system. Mm -hmm. And if that's disrupted right, then your immune system has a disrupted interaction between the outside and the inside. And if you take a look at just how we're built, right, Mm -hmm. the nose, the mouth, it's this inner tube that comes into the stomach, right, goes through the intestines, the colon, and then out the back door, right? Mm -hmm. And so that is really our exposure. Our skin and our intestinal tract is our exposure to the outside. And if there's a lot of chemicals or if there's a lot of things that really destroy that, then the immune system doesn't have the strength or the knowledge to be able to respond to things like coronavirus. Mm -hmm. People that have a healthy, competent immune system, about 80% of the people that get exposed to this will really not have any symptoms at all. Um, They may have some mild symptoms. Their immune system will see it, will react to it, will actually work to do what is necessary to kill the virus. And what is great about this, like I said, the design is such that it will learn that virus and in a way that we can't do it artificially because we'll pick one or two parts of that virus artificially, but mm. our body sees all of it mm. and builds specific antibodies to react to all of it mm. so that we see it again, even if it's morphed a little bit. If yeah. we see it again, not all of it's morphed. Yeah. And our body will understand the, the parts that are not morphed, and then we'll learn the new ones. So again, this design is phenomenal mm. as long as we support it. Yeah. Right. So those lifestyle factors really, really important. I think, you know, to get into the specifics, I know that you talk about this, I do as well, but there are eight natural health laws that you really need mm-hmm. to focus on for those. They're on our website at Dayspring, mm-hmm. uh, dot com. But basically the concept is, is how do you do simple things every day? And that involves, like we talked about, that's what you eat. It's got to be healthy. It's got to be fresh. It's got to be vibrant. Yes. Right. It's got to be the way that it was designed to be. Mm-hmm. Right, So not chemicalized, not highly processed, not stripped of its nutrient value. Okay, so we have to have that. You have to eat it at the right times, mm-hmm. right? Uh, one of the big things now that we talk about is uh, intermittent fasting, which I love. I love the concept, but people will say, well, I'm going to intermittent fast, when it works for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you know, your body has a certain rhythm, and you've yes. got to work within the rhythm mm-hmm. of your body to eat at the right times with the right amount of spacing and the right foods and the right amounts, Right. Mm-hmm. The way that we do it in America, huge dinner at night, Late, we don't sleep, right? And then sleep hurts the immune system. We wake up tired, we're fatigued. We need something to get us going. So what do we do? I got to get some coffee or exactly. something to push me, <laughs> right? And then the caffeine starts to work yeah. on our sleep and other things. Yeah. Then we're not hungry in the morning because we ate late at night. And then by the time it gets to noon, we don't have a whole bunch of time, so we're kind of a little hungry. So we'll shove something quick down our, fo- you know, our, yeah. our throats that's available, but not healthy, but yeah. it may taste good, right? Yeah, and it gives us that quick sugar fix. And yeah. then we get through the rest of the day, and then we're kind of d- exhausted. We get home. We're finally with family, or maybe we're even alone. And that's the time when we just, uh, we're just starving, mm-hmm. and our immune system <laughs> has been beat. And then yeah. we eat big, and then we wonder, why do we get sick? That's so right. it's, it's the way that you do it. It's also you know, what we drink a lot of times with the coffees, with the teas, with the, the sodas, with the energy drinks. Oh, my goodness, the energy mm-hmm. drinks we have to keep us going. Really, the best thing that we have over and over is just pure water. Oh, yes. There, there's nothing that comes yeah. close. It was a great study done in 2002 that showed if, if you drink um, just five glasses of water a day, and I'm sure you're probably familiar with the study, um, that it's actually more cardio heart protective than if you... We're smoking, right, and, or not smoking. And I'm not saying yeah, start smoking, yeah, yeah. right, just exactly. drink water. <laughs> but I am saying that the water is so powerful to be able to support the immune system and the functions, because you got to think about it. everything that's happening within our body is happening in an aqueous or a water-like environment. Mm-hmm. So we need good water, Right. Mm-hmm. Exercise is the key. People don't think about it. And we are sitting in front of our computers and we get this, you know, classic, I call it technic, right? Which is like this. And so I'm an osteopath, which means I I have hands on people. I'm a physician, but I also work on people with my hands. The damage we're doing to our spines, to our nervous system, to our immune system, Mm -hmm. just by how we are not moving our bodies are meant to move and when you strengthen the body to be able to move mm-hmm. and it gets into the right alignment it strengthens the immune mm-hmm. system so exercise is critical right yeah. you know getting outside we talk about vitamin d you know oh i can't get outside i'll just take vitamin d mm-hmm. that's a any supplement all right any supplement i'm going to say it again any <laughs> supplement that you take is a is a poor second Excuse, I don't want to say excuse, a poor second uh, possibility of what yes. you could do naturally. Mm-hmm. You should get it from food. You should get vitamin D from the sun outside. Right. If you can't, I'm not saying that I'm against supplements, I'm not. Used uh, thoughtfully are wonderful and they're better than medications in most cases. Mm-hmm. But really, getting outside in the sun, getting around fresh air—fresh air has, a, you know—I I, want to rename it. I and mean, it's negative ions, but they're uh, really positive, yes, right? Exactly. So <laughs> these negative ions are critical for us to be exposed to. And it's any any time where you have moving air. So it's it's waterfalls or moving streams or being around wind in in trees, mm-hmm. and it's about some of the scents. I mean, I know we talk aromatherapy, and mm-hmm. sometimes that can be taken in different realms, but we're meant to smell and to breathe and to be able to have those positive smells like pine like you know there's a, there's a number of things out in nature that are really really powerful that's right for us to be able to to gain immune function mm-hmm. so getting outside there's no no second for that and and we're getting outside less mm-hmm. and less and more into our phones yeah so movement like i said the exercise the sunshine the fresh air making sure that we get rest i will tell you you know when I, someone comes into me and says oh, i've got a problem with depression or anxiety or pain? Mm-hmm. You know, one of the first things that I'll ask them is, how are you sleeping? Mm. Right? Because there's a huge association. There was a British study that, that showed a really strong, powerful connection between pain and uh, lack of sleep. Mm-hmm. And then there's other studies that show depression and lack of sleep and anxiety. So really, are you getting good rest? And one of the things that we talk about today, and I see it, I've got an 18-year-old daughter and a 14-year-old son, and both of them, believe it or not, love tech gadgets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we're not giving our mind a chance to rest. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what's coming into our mind, we're really starting to uncover the, the connection between the immune system and the way we think and the way we interact. I just talked about you earlier laughing, but positive thinking, mm-hmm. right? Seeing what's good, because yes. it's not fake thinking. There's always something good, and you know what? If you want to, there's always something negative you can focus That's on. That's right. But positive thinking, really, it, it goes down the same neuro, uh, neurological pathways that our immune system does. Mm-hmm. And so these really stimulate each other. And so this these positive thoughts are really, really powerful in building the immune system and its ability to fight. They did this great study at the University of Wisconsin uh, with, uh, I always say pregnant fe- females as if there's a different type of female, <laughs> with pregnant uh, ladies that were about six months, they were in getting the flu shot. And I know there's different views on that. I'm not trying to get into that. But the point of being uh, that they had these these moms-to-be think about the worst thing that had happened in their life for about six minutes and then they gave them the flu shot and they had the other moms think about um, the best thing that had happened in their life for about six minutes and then they gave them the flu shot the response the immune response to the flu shot for the women that thought positive thoughts Mm. was 50 percent greater Mm. than the other women six minutes Mm. right so the power of what you think don't don't ever think that what you think isn't important. <laughs>
0: That's right. Well, the, the Bible tells us a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. better. Oh, but a better. broken spirit dryeth the bones. It does. You know, better. The bone marrow is the source of the immune system. It is.
1: Well, and, and so just uh, those pathways that, you know, we, we want to separate um, our body from our mind, from our spirit. Mm-hmm. And you can't. No. They're, they're connected. So, you know, anytime that someone comes in, I think it's a great point. You got to talk about how's your life How's your life physically, but how are you actually emotionally, relationally, mm-hmm. mentally, and then spiritually? How are you connected in, in deep and right ways with God and with people around you, yeah. right? And if, if any one of those is out of balance, everything is out of balance. So really, you know, that's, and you touched on that. I think it's really important because that's really the last component that we talk about is is spiritual connection is the source of health. I, I don't know how to say it any different. And and somebody might poo-poo that and say, oh, the, come on now, I, I There's no studies, actually, there are. Mm -hmm. You know, there's studies on prayer. There's studies on, uh, you know, numerous studies on this and how people do uh, really well with a spiritual connection. Um, The important thing to remember on the spiritual connection is it couldn't be faked. It's not like somebody could pray and not believe it. Yeah. You had to have a sincere desire to connect with your understanding of what God is. Mm -hmm. And I know that this is a delicate area, and I've always been very delicate with my patience on this. I am strongly Christian. I mean, I know for me, there's no doubt in my mind on who Christ was. Mm -hmm. But I also know everyone has to walk their own walk. And so the power that I see in in Jesus is the love that was so clearly demonstrated. Love never fails Mm -hmm. for your immune system. For protecting you against coronavirus, yeah. <laughs> for your relationships, it is always the right answer. Mm-hmm. So making sure that that spiritual connection between you and God, and and I challenge our listeners, ask, mm-hmm. and you will find out that God is good, mm-hmm. That's <laughs> right. God loves you. And if you just earnestly ask for God to show you, it, it will happen. You know He guarantees it in the Bible. I'm telling you, do it personally right? You may think it's just a book. Do it personally. See, yes, this is real. This works. People that do that, they have stronger immune systems. And the interesting thing is, is I will tell you, even those people that say, well, you know, Christians get sick and and die. Yes, true. Um, But I will tell you, people that have a good spiritual connection, those are the people that are the inspirations when they get sick, because they still have a hope and they still have love and they still have interactions and i would ask you know the deeper question this is what i ask my patients what's the purpose of life isn't it to really get to that point where you really experience those kind of deep loving connections with with god and with others mm-hmm. and if you found that i will tell you you found the heart of the purpose of life here in my mind yeah right so i know that's that's kind of pulling away but but really it draws back into really how do you meet coronavirus? Because the question too, and, and you see it and I see it. Yeah. Are you meeting coronas, coronavirus? with I see this in the, in the looks <laughs> of the people that I come across. Because if I'm starting to get close to yeah. six feet, their eyes get <laughs> this big and they go, whoa. Are you yeah. meeting this virus with fear? Mm-hmm. You're hurting your immune system. That's or right. are you meeting this virus with confidence to know that I have a strong immune system. I'm designed to be well. I can be in difficult situations and I'll be okay. hmm Right? Yeah. And that even if there's a problem, I just fell off a ladder two days ago. Yeah. And and it was it's interesting because I was up too high and I was kind of pushing the limits. And I knew in my, my back of my mind, you're pushing here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I fell. And it was a great lesson. But how do I look at that? Am I angry? No, I hurt my knee real bad. But I'm really thankful. Slow down. Think about what you're doing. Obey. And I know that's a tough word for people. Follow. Trust. Obey the things that you know are right, if you do and you make those good choices, if our country were to make those good choices, this coronavirus wouldn't be nearly as big as it is right now. That's right. Right. So I think that, I love your question, because that is the heart mm-hmm. of really how to meet this coronavirus, not with fear, but mm-hmm. with confidence, and with self-responsibility to say, I'm going to make some choices to not only make myself healthier, but I am going to be responsible by doing it and sharing it to make my world around me healthier.
0: That's right. I completely agree, and, and I think that um, we need to make sure our listeners and viewers understand that faith inspires action, mm-hmm. and this is the kind of action we want, action that's not motivated by fear, action that's motivated by love, mm-hmm. by trust, Yes, and this is really natural. <laughs> I mean, we talk about the, the laws of health. People think, well, what's natural? You know, what's natural for you is not natural for me. Right. Uh, but ultimately, what is natural, I believe, is how we are created to be. Absolutely. And we are created to love and trust our maker, to have loving and trusting relationships with each other, yes. to be motivated by love, to experience the creation, the wonderful creations of God, mm-hmm. um, to be outside in the fresh air, to satisfy our thirst with water. Yep. Um, all of these things, they're, they're we, we think of them maybe as laws, but they're just... Um, they're pathways that got pathways of happiness. I guess you could say that's a great way to um, uh, put it. Pathways of pleasantness, mm-hmm. and w- when we study in the Bible, like uh, Psalms 91, we we find that there are prophecies of pestilence that are going to befall us in this world. Mm-hmm. But Jesus said, "In this world you will have tribulation, oh, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world." Oh, I love that quote. Cool. And so we can have peace in the midst of these turmoils and these struggles. And not only just a peace that uh, secludes us and isolates us and turns us into hermits and we just enjoy the sweet <laughs> savor of God's love all by ourselves, yeah. it's a peace that motivates us to do good to others. That's right. And and right now, um, you know, you're, you're a physician, I'm a lifestyle educator, uh, right now I see a, a wonderful window of opportunity. Some people think, well, mm-hmm. we should be afraid and this is a terrible calamity. Yes, it is a terrible calamity that's befallen us. Mm-hmm. But I know that there are many promises in the Word of God that if we turn to God, He will be our our, our safety and our security during these times, mm-hmm. and we don't have to fear. No. And so this is a beautiful message, and it's a wonderful opportunity not only for us to share but also viewers and listeners because I'm sure that there's at least one healthy lifestyle tip that you know of that you can share you know <laughs> jesus told his disciples if you if you give a glass of cold water to a young boy in my name you certainly will not lose your reward right so, these simple things that we know, we need to share them and share them in the spirit of love. Mm-hmm. Because if it's shared in the spirit of fear or anger or hostility, I, I, we're up in Maine right now. I heard of a report of someone uh, blocking an entrance. To, mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll get into that. Oh, yes. Uh, so, people that had recently moved into the area could not leave and infect others with the coronavirus if that were possible. Mm-hmm. Um, This is not the kind of action that we want to prompt. And that's an action. And I can understand why people are doing that, even though it seems outlandish. Right. Um, It's because they're afraid. They are. And we want for our viewers and listeners to realize that although there are precautions that we should take um, and there are steps that we should take to ensure proper functioning of our immune system, Mm -hmm. it's not done in a (coughs) spirit of fear. No. It's done in a spirit of calmness, of earnestness, of trust. And that trust is in the Lord. It's not even in ourselves. No. And that's why you can have trust
1: is because I I think, you know, some of this is how we look at things. If you believe that there really is no power that's higher than us that loves us, well, then you're on your own. Mm -hmm. And when you really look deeply at yourself, you go, ooh, I'm kind of lacking. That's right. You know, and no matter how powerful you think you are. Mm -hmm. You know that you, you can't do everything. And so then, therefore, it can turn into this concept of there's not going to be enough and i got to get what I need and i got to watch out for others because others are my my competitors, mm-hmm. not my collaborators, right? That's right. And so, but if you look at life in the sense of knowing that, and, and just look at the design of the body. I will tell you that, you know, I didn't uh, initially, I wasn't a physician, I had another job, but as I came to an understanding of the body, if you can't see a miracle in the body, I don't know what to do to to help you see a miracle because the workings are beautiful and the point of that is, is that you should be able to trust that because your body is designed well. Mm -hmm. If you believe that there's a God that loves you, you know that you're, you're going to be taken care of because Mm -hmm. you know that the power that's beyond you is going to take care of you even in difficult times. And I I like what you said because it's really about balance. Um, it's about making sure that you, you come up with a creative way to do what you need to, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) like with coronavirus, I'm not saying don't worry about it at all. Mm -hmm. Well, I am saying don't worry about it. I'm saying be thoughtful about it. I'm not asking you to go lick doorknobs or anything, but I I am (laughs) saying that right now, uh, do everything that you can and be at peace, that that's enough, and that pray that God show me what else I need to do. We we had some neighbors that were stuck in Italy when this happened, and they came back and they had to be quarantined for 14 days in their Mm -hmm. home. Now, we could have said, oh, we don't want to see them, we don't want to interact with Mm them, Uh, My wife is amazing. I love my wife. I just need the the viewers to hear that. Um, So she, she made up this amazing food basket for them with healthy things because she knew they wouldn't be able to get to the store. They were coming in from a long flight. They had to be quarantined and they were under stress. And I will tell so she had granola waiting for them and fruits and vegetables and some prepared meals and some water and some things just right there in a beautiful basket, because this is just how she is, mm-hmm. right at their door when they showed up. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, that still spoke volumes. It was a way to love, because love, you talked about this, if love's in you, love's a verb, and love has to do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't, it never just stays exactly. put. So. The fact of, yes, we had coronavirus, or not necessarily known, but high suspicion of that next door, and they quarantined fine for 14 days. We could have met it with fear and done nothing, but instead Mm -hmm. she just continued to drop things off and made sure that we were, you know, doing what we can here. We We are trying to listen to the CDC and our practice. We're trying to work with, well, what are some ways that we can make sure we're being safe? We have people take off their shoes when they come in and their coats. Uh, their temperature is, is they take their temperature. We have them take a two week look back to see if they're uh, safe or not. And, and yet we're as a physician, uh, as a health educator, we're in this field where people are sick and they need help. And so you need to bring them in. So it's about balance. Living in a world of uncertainty is a given. Mm -hmm. Being fearful is not. Right. And so I think that's, you know, that's a great point. And, you know, I, I do get concerned, and I know it's one of the questions, I don't know when we want to talk about it, but there's a social media aspect of this too Mm -hmm. that's really quite large because Mm -hmm. a lot of our thought processes are being almost given to us online instead of allowing that thoughtful time of pulling away. You know, for for our family, and I know different families do this, but uh, trying to find a time of thoughtful, uh, I call it, you know, it's my prayer time. In the morning I wake up, I have some spiritual reading, on um, the Bible or a book that talks about uh, the aspects of God so that I can get a deeper understanding of who is, who is God, and then prayer time about connecting. I will tell you, my day doesn't go well unless I do that. Mm, yeah. And so being balanced, making sure that you're getting your information from good sources, mm-hmm. making sure that you're thoughtful in how you do this, and not losing the beauty of life in the middle of this is yeah. really important.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, One of those things that's uh, often discussed on social media right now is the question actually we have listed here before us. How long do we know, uh, at least uh, have any idea, how long this pandemic will continue? Oh, my word. So it's going to continue exactly exactly. two months and
1: 15 days no i'm, I'm kidding i'm kidding um <laughs> you we, may be right <laughs> <laughs> there's a possibility so you know on this uh, we don't know i think you know there's there's different components of this current pandemic that are not really following classically historically what we've done mm-hmm. certainly you know you can compare it to the 1918 flu epidemic and realistically, if you take a look at some of the ways that that was transmitted, there's an argument that the transmissibility rate of that was, was on par with this. It was very, very contagious. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of concern, certainly people you know at that point were wearing masks and and we're doing precautions. But there wasn't the kind of national changes that we've seen with this. Mm-hmm. There wasn't the discussion of uh, forced closures at home or of businesses. Uh, there was not the, the concept of bringing out the military. There wasn't the concept of martial law possibility. So this there are different factors that are playing into this. And then the question is, uh, you know, this is a new virus. Mm-hmm. It's going to spread. I think that's the safest thing to just share with people. It's going to spread, and unfortunately, there are going to be deaths, as there are with flu virus every year, mm-hmm. and still, you know, there was, last I read, there was 38 million cases in the United States of flu virus this year, and I think around 23,000 deaths on one source. Um, so we have flu deaths every year. We have an awareness of these viruses. The question is, how are we going to do this? And then how long is it going to last? Well, I think a lot of it depends on how we look at it. And that's why I'm bringing that up. Do we look at this as we're going to stop this virus? Well, Mm -hmm. good luck, because I'll tell you that this virus has the capacity to stay on solid surfaces for a period of time. Mm -hmm. And and people may not know that they're shedding it when they have it. Mm -hmm. This is going to get around the world. It already has. Yeah. It gets back to our first point are you fearful of getting this or do you believe that once you get this your body will understand how to fight it and you'll be okay Mm -hmm. that will determine how long this goes yeah and if our governments think that they can just uh, stop everything and that it's somehow going to stop the virus i i just don't hold that view although i Mm -hmm. do want to say we do need to make good choices and when our government says hey you know stay home try to self-quarantine as much as you can try to limit exposure for this time period I strongly believe that we need to do that as a people. Mm-hmm. We need to watch out for people. We need to watch out for our elderly. We need to take them food maybe so that they're not having to go out in this. We need to watch out for people who are respiratory compromised. We need to love each other practically okay. and take self-responsibility. But that comes from the person. Mm-hmm. The length of this virus and how we react to that, that kind of comes from more of our governmental authorities. Yeah. and. You know, the question is, where are they getting their data from? And this is a hard thing. What do you base it on historically? We don't. This could easily last longer than people think. I know initially we thought, okay, a few weeks, and now maybe, oh, a month, and then more recently, maybe a few months. We have to be prepared for the balance of what this is going to do and how this is going to impact us uh, environmentally, how this is going to impact us on our health, how this is going to impact us financially. Mm -hmm. Those are a lot of heavy burdens to to bear for our government, and I'm in prayer for the leaders oh, of our yes, government. Definitely, they have big choices to make on people being unemployed versus you know trying to protect the, the populace. And and the important part of that is not only the economic, but if someone loses their house and they're homeless and they can't afford good food, that person is going to get sick way more than the person that that same person was when they had a house. That's right. And had you know healthier food. So we really have to work together as a community to do this because really our rights are in balance with our responsibilities mm. and we need to do both. My hope is that the government will start to really um, consider the importance of that balance Yeah. as we move forward. And I anticipate really that this will be with us for the next several months. Mm-hmm. The economic impact, and I know this is not popular, I think the economic impact, because this is worldwide, is going to be with us for years. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I, uh, have had some exposure before with different things. I was a pilot at American airlines during nine 11 and I flew about, uh, I flew, it was over in Paris, but I flew that flight a few weeks before flight 11 before it went in, um, and was crashed. And why I bring that up is that was a, a sector specific thing that was really about the airlines and, and about terrorism. And that lasted a while. And that was just really the United States this is much bigger. Mm -hmm. This is affecting the the economies of the world Mm -hmm. simultaneously. Yeah. And so we have a much bigger issue to deal with over the course of time. And I think it gets back to our first point. When we move forward, are we going to move forward wisely and make better choices and not have fear and encourage love and allow this to bring out the best in us? Exactly. Or are we going to move forward with fear and we can't let this happen next time, so we're really going to change and kind of lock down our culture? Mm -hmm. And uh, lose some of our personal freedoms. I will tell you, these personal freedoms were hard won, and they were won with bloodshed. We don't want to lose them. That's right. Um, they were, you know, we have them for a reason. It's because we initially didn't have them. We had to fight to get them. Mm-hmm. And they're they're vital. So I'm hoping that we really maintain our dignity,
0: our freedoms,
1: and our courage in this time.
0: Yes. And and I, I think of that question as... Um, almost emanating from anxiety Mm. you know because the thought is well if it's going to end in a month then oh yeah i've got enough toilet paper or (laughs) pasta to last (laughs) until then hopefully you know and if i don't i'm gonna Uh. make my way to the grocery store and and get it by force if i have to that's right um but we as a runner i'm for instance Mm -hmm. I, i love to run um and if i'm if i'm running a race and I get a false idea of where the finish line is, mm. mm-hmm. it's really bad news. Oh, I'll tell you, it's the worst <laughs> thing. I, I was running a 5K one time in Houston, and for some reason, I thought the finish line, um, my, my GPS watch wasn't <laughs> working, it's malfunctioning. The, the one time I needed it, uh, started to mal- malfunction, and I thought that the race was about a kilo- the, the race was finishing about a kilometer earlier than it had, actually. Mm. And so by the time I got to that 4K mark, um, I had put everything in, you know, I was really, really hustling. And, um, and then I realized, wow, this is not the end. I have to go further now. And and it's so much harder, because you've already put everything, your hopes are, are on that one spot, you know, that one place in time, your hopes are right there. And then, When you realize that it didn't come to fruition, these really, they're like prophecies, you know, Mm. uh, or prognostications. Um, It didn't come to to fruition. Then there's this disappointment and this um, lack of preparedness. And we need mental fortitude during these times. That's right. And it's not just strength of character. It's really, it's like we're saying, it's love. It is love and trust. If we have these things, we can go forward, even not knowing. Yes. And that's what faith is about. Faith is going forward, not knowing what is going to come, but trusting presently in the promises of God Mm -hmm. that in the future, he will take care of us. Mm -hmm. He will continue to shower his love upon us. He will continue to lead us and guide us. Yes. And, and so for me, there's a a essential aspect or component to, um, successfully going through this pandemic and that is faith yes we we each need and to every man the bible says is given a measure of faith we know that we need to encourage that right and we can do that by spending time in the word of god spending time in prayer these social interactions that we can have even in the sphere of uh, um, this this distancing that we are supposed to be practicing Those things are vital. They're essential. We need to lift each other up and support each other, and have social networks, not social media so much, but social networks where we're supporting each other in this um, in this difficult time. So I think um, it kind of brings us into this next concept. Uh, A lot of people are looking for any ambiguity that can infer a less serious situation, and that's actually (laughs) the definition of something we call normalcy bias. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and normalcy bias is is a psychological phenomenon that occurs when individuals are going into a crisis the the thought is that it's never happened before so it never will happen uh, and that was if if you look at the U.S. entering into this crisis, that's basically what we were thinking. That was our our national consensus. Oh, it's in China. It's not going to come here. It's not going to... Look, Ebola, what was that, 2013? It was in Africa. Yeah, a few scatterings of cases around, but it didn't come here, you know? Mm -hmm. So we seize upon this because of anxiety Mm -hmm. um, or the potential for anxiety. And we shouldn't be anxious, you know, but people kind of put away uh, the stressor without dealing with it. And, and it comes back tenfold. And now we're in this huge mess of anxiety <laughs> and people are just distraught because we haven't prepared for the the crisis. When we saw it coming, we didn't adequately, adequately prepare. And so normalcy bias ends up disastrous in its consequences. But at the same time, we haven't seen the, the, the culmination of this yet. I think we still have... I'll, I'll, we still have a lot to see and a lot to go through mm-hmm. as a world, as a country, as a world. And there's still time mm-hmm. to prepare. Mm-hmm. Even when the virus is in our own homes, even in our own bodies, if that happens, there's still time to turn our eyes to Jesus and to have faith in his promises. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we want to encourage you to take steps beforehand. The Bible says, A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but right. the simple pass on and are punished. And the simple, that's dealing with unlearned, those individuals that just don't think it's important to make preparation of any any type. I,
1: I agree with what you're saying tremendously. I think it's a good point. Uh, you know, if I were to ask you, uh, do you run just because you're afraid that you're not going to be able to do a race? You would say no. It's 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 about a lifestyle. It's, oh yes. I like to run. I like the way it makes me feel. Now mm. some people would be thinking, "Well, <laughs> oh, that's crazy, <laughs> yeah. right?" But but here the point. The point is is that it becomes a part of you. Mm-hmm. You're you're not preparing for a race so much as living a lifestyle, mm-hmm. right? And if you were to take a look at this from a normalcy bias standpoint, if the concept was. In normalcy bias, I don't have to worry about that because it can't possibly happen here. Well, then it's allowing you to kind of pretend like I don't ever need to run because there's never a race. That's right. Okay. But really the deeper issue is not running because there's a race. Mm -hmm. The deeper issue is what can I do day to day that actually is health building, Mm. Because that's really where we want to spend our time. And this is what I get back to with with a lot of our choices worldwide and even now is we're doing a lot of things that may be enjoyable, but it's kind of like eating fast food all the time. I mean, you can eat chocolate cake all day and you may be okay, but it's never going to provide health. Mm -hmm. The concept being is is what do you do with your day-to-day life to live in such a way that you know you're doing the important things? Are you spending time with people that you care about and making sure that they know that? Are you spending time actually preparing yourself and sharpening yourself, mm-hmm. right? We're supposed to sharpen each other, mm-hmm. we're told. Iron sharpens iron. We're also supposed to really make sure that we're bearing one another's burdens, but to do that, we have to be a burden bearer ourselves. Mm-hmm. And what that means is you have to be strong enough to be able to carry somebody's. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I see people a lot of times, they know what they need to do. But it seems like it's too much, and so the the tendency is to shut down, and I tell people, don't do that, Mm. right? Give yourself credit for where you are, and if there's shame, and this is really important, shame does not come from God. Mm. Let me say that again. Shame does not come from God, because if you take a look at it historically, there was not shame in the Garden of Eden. Now, this doesn't mean that you shouldn't feel guilty if you mess up. (laughs) Yeah, of course. (laughs) But shame, guilt is, hey, I messed up. Uh Guilt you can do something with. If Mm -hmm. you're feeling a little guilty, like, you know, I really need to be preparing more in this area or that area, do it. Mm -hmm. Right? Because that guilt is a blessing. What it says is that there's something that's trying to urge you towards something you're supposed to do, Mm -hmm. and you're not. And that's all of us. All of us have that. Shame is not I've done something wrong. Shame is I am something wrong. Oh, wait a second right because there's nothing you can do with that mm-hmm. right and so if you're at a point where you're you're wondering what do i do again i'd go back take an honest look really pray about what would be the next best step of health for me we've talked about some of those now but when we're talking about how long this is going to last and about what to do about it and about all the anxiety the anxiety's not going to help you the shame's not going to help you you've got to allow that to leave mm-hmm. right we're told be anxious for nothing Mm-hmm. I love that. For, shouldn't I be anxious for a few things? No. <laughs> be anxious for nothing. Yeah. But in all things with prayer and supplication. So what we're saying is, is that spend some time in prayer, preparing so that you're living a life of a balance now. So that no matter what comes, you feel okay. Right? So for me what that means is that I have to exercise because now when COVID comes, well, I've done what I can. I eat well, I try to get good rest. I try to do all those eight natural health laws. I've done my part for what I can do. There will always be something lacking in knowledge, in wisdom, in strength. That's okay. Then that's when you, you go to God when you've done what you, you feel impressed to do. And you say, okay, what more do I need? And, and how will you give me the strength to do that? Because God will. Mm-hmm. And then those are the things that you do to live prepared. So what does that look like? Well, let's say maybe you're in a point where you want to start a small garden yourself. You know, we did this in World War II and it was a no-brainer where everyone had their little victory gardens where we knew that we were in a struggle together but the concept was is everybody does their part and there are little things that we can do to take care. People were living in in other people's houses when they got kicked out. There's nothing that stops us from having that kind of practical love now, Mm -hmm. right? And so the getting prepared is think about your debt, get out of debt, right? Because debt becomes a load that you shouldn't bear, Mm -hmm. you know? And it requires you to do certain things that you don't have to. Neck down the things that you think you need. And really, um, I would (laughs) just had a friend of mine recommend a pie chart. And he said, um, I love pie charts. I said, why? He says, I can take a look at my life and really realize, what do I want to spend my time on? And what really has a value eternally here? And what doesn't? And then when I overlay that on (laughs) what I do with my life... (laughs) I know where the areas are off if I say, you know, um, yeah, social media, you know, that should cover maybe two to 5% of my day. And I'm not, I don't even know throwing, I don't do a lot of social media. I'm just Mm -hmm. throwing that out. Um, but if I look at it and it's covering 30% of my day, Mm. I know that I'm not in harmony with integrity of what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. That's to me, that's where the anxiety comes from. Yeah. It's because people don't feel prepared. They know they're not prepared. But the deeper question is, if you really spent some time, and now people have time at home, Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is a great blessing. Time with your family, time to think about things. Spend some time on what would it look like to live a life that was in balance where I was prepared for if it got more difficult, what would that look like? How could I still be a blessing to other people? How could I still make sure that I was taking care of the things that were important? And not having a normalcy because we know – that there's like with this, there are going to be uncertainties that happen, mm-hmm. and so the only certainty is to trust that there's a God who knows mm-hmm. and is going to take care of us. And this, would, for me, this is a real time to go back and study those promises about when Christ said, "I'm coming back." Mm-hmm. You know, trust me, I'm yeah. coming back for you. That's right. And His concern when coming back was not that He was going to do it; He knew He was going to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> his concern was faith. And what's funny is that we think, we, and this is that whole shame piece, I don't have enough faith, it's my fault. You're given faith. It's a gift. Mm-hmm. But like your body, if you stopped exercising, or I did, I guarantee you my, my muscles <laughs> are going to start to atrophy. That's right. And so faith is a muscle that's got to be exercised. And the beautiful thing about it is when you exercise that faith, it gets stronger mm-hmm. and stronger. And then you're able to handle COVID or or other pandemics or other problems because we're all going to face dilemmas in our life. Mm-hmm. So it's a really, to me, this is a gift and, and we need to look at it that way. Miracles only happen in difficult times.
0: Mm. Yeah. Wow.
1: And we always talk about the miracle, mm-hmm. but that's what's so beautiful about it. That's you right. Know, good things are going to happen out of this. We just have to do our part. And so... With whatever faith God is giving you, move that next step. If God is, doing, is saying something even simple, just do it and wait for that next step and he'll give it to you. And before you know it, you're walking. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful. So yeah. yeah, I think that normalcy is dangerous. How we get our information, mm-hmm. what sources do we trust? You know, who is, because our thoughts are, are not ours, and and I always do this And when I do seminars, I always ask people to raise their hands, and I always do too, I say, how many people have ever thought something that wasn't right, like on a test or something like that? And everybody's hands go up. And so the the point that it teaches us is you can't trust what you think. Mm -hmm. You have to verify that what you think is in harmony with what is true. Right, and how do we know what
0: is true? That's the, that, that exactly the dilemma.
1: Well, and, and with so much information, we live in a in a time now. You know, I, I'm looking at your setup here. It's amazing, right? <laughs> so we live in this time where we have a great knowledge, right? But we used to have to seek out knowledge and then try to understand wisdom. Now we've almost got too much knowledge, and we have to sift through it to find wisdom because knowledge you know, knowledge is not going to really change you. Mm-hmm. Wisdom is knowing what to do with knowledge. That's right. Right? That changes. That's how do, how do I apply that knowledge in ways that are meaningful, useful, loving, and helpful. Right? That's right. So that's really the, the the time that we have to spend. And I love your question. How do we know it's true?
0: Well, I think you pretty much answered it. Um, we know that the fear of the Lord or the, the reverence of the Lord, the respect of His Word is the beginning of wisdom. And... If we want understanding, we study his precepts. We can study the world around us, Uh, but everything comes back into this harmonious whole, where um, God is is the foundation of true understanding of science and true understanding of the world around us. And seeing that it 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 really helps to to make sense of things. Yes, they're principles, and we talked about the laws of health. These are really just principles from the Word of God that have been applied outwardly. Um, like there's a concept of temperance, mm-hmm. which uh, is a, a word little used in these days, <laughs> a little practice probably as yes. well, which is the moderation of <coughs> moderate use of things which are healthy and the abstinence of things which are hurtful. Yes. Um, and that's a principle from the Word of God. We can study numerous Bible characters like Samson who... Um, was his, his parents forbidden to, to consume things that would be hazardous to his health or t- creating an environment that would be hazardous to his upbringing. Um, we, ha- we have other instances of uh, these Bible characters who were brought up with, with with principles that when they were instilled in their youth, they seemed so innocuous, yet when they grew up with these principles, they became the most able and capable leaders like moses Mm -hmm. who spent some years with his hebrew mother and then was in the the house of pharaoh for was it 40 30 40 years or something like that um and then he was tending sheep for another 40 years to forget what he (laughs) learned in egypt (laughs) that's right the outdoor school yeah but but learning those principles and inculcating those into the knowledge that comes in um it's kind of like a filter Mm -hmm. It's a a way of processing things. When we we studied the scriptures and not everything, of course, in the modern world is uh, is expounded upon in the scriptures, but in principle, Mm -hmm. we know how to deal with these things. That's right. And one of the big issues that we're facing right now is what do we do with our time? Because we have more of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe we're spending more time on social media, Mm -hmm. and I I think I I have a, a fault on that right now. Um, but I'm seeing, and I'm reflecting on what we used to say about social media before this mm. pandemic, mm. and that was that it's it's hazardous to your health. Very much so. Uh, it definitely needs to be used in moderation. Mm-hmm. Um, some people need to totally abstain from it because it just drives them to addiction, mm-hmm. to media addiction. Um, so I think that we might have left out, let our guard down a little, because it's the way that we connect now with the world around us. Mm-hmm. How can we get by that? I'm not saying we should never use social media now. I think there are avenues of, of helping others that are uh, very viable through social media, but it, it's missing something. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you, if you fully understand what I'm trying to say, but... I think I do.
1: You know, I, I am very careful with media, especially with, you know, I'm a family medicine doctor. Mm-hmm. And so I see the whole age range from birth to death. And I'm very, very careful with media and its impact. Um, we don't have all the good data but the data that we do have on media is concerning again it's something that that it can be a blessing like anything else um, but we have to use it you talked about principles and it's very important to to understand principles are are useful and so uh, let me give you an example my daughter uh, i'm really proud of her an 18 year old she just took her emt test national emt test at 18 she had to be 18 to take it she took the class at 17 just loves doing this What she's realizing, though, in this, and this is what I'm bringing up, is that principles matter. Because when you drive too fast on the highway, even though you thought, oh, that's a stupid law, that's for other people, that doesn't affect me, and you get in an accident because you didn't see the turn ahead, and there was a speed because of the turn ahead, and my daughter has to come in an ambulance and help kind of get you out of your car because you're stuck or maybe injured, now all of a sudden the rules make sense. The rules were not there to hold you back. And this is what people think of when they think of temperance, which is what you just mentioned. I, for many years, thought temperance was taking away fun things from me so I couldn't be happy. Mm, yeah, <laughs> I did too. That's a poor, that's a poor <laughs> definition for temperance. But i got to say, that was mine. Yeah. Right? And I was challenged at one point with this because I had somebody share with me the concept that temperance is freedom mm. from making bad choices. Mm. Wow. Totally reframed that concept. Freedom from making bad choices. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. I've never looked at temperance that way. And when I saw that temperance was freedom,
2: mm.
1: that when I see that, that, that the principles in the Bible are freedom, mm-hmm. freedom to live without shame, freedom to live with love and to not feel bad, freedom to bless someone else and have a, re- a relationship and a connection that's deep mm. and beautiful and trusting and honest... Why would you want anything else? Yeah. If you were to see God as wanting only your best, and we see this as parents. You know, I'm a parent, and I'll tell my, tell my kids, you do not want to eat that. <laughs> you are going to be sick if you eat that, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and then they, they, they got to try it, right? Because <laughs> dad's trying to take something good from them. <laughs> right. And then they get sick, and you see it. They're like, I oh, know I shouldn't have done that, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's kind of with this. You know, I, I haven't confirmed it, but my understanding is that, that the COVID virus started with eating bats in, in China, mm-hmm. Well, if you take a look principle-wise, that's not a clean meat, right, biblically. Mm -hmm. And so it's like God saying the same thing. Don't eat that. That's not going to be best for you. If we looked at God that way, if we looked at temperance that way, if we looked at the Bible that way, this is a manual for your best, Mm -hmm. oh, you couldn't get enough of it. And I will tell you, that's the difference for me because I grew up not wanting anything to do with Christianity, Mm -hmm. right, because I saw it as just rules that were fake. Yeah. And i got to tell you, some people really helped that perception along mm-hmm. because they were they had the knowledge of it, yeah. but they didn't have the wisdom and the love of it. Yeah. And, and I tell you, you can have the knowledge of Christianity, but if you don't have Christ in you mm-hmm. as a personal relationship, it's meaningless, yeah. right? And so it gets back to this social media piece, and I know that was kind of a long way around, but the concept of the social media piece is, is it best for you? Mm. Because what happens with my kids, and I, I, my, my kids personally, and the kids in my practice, they're all my kids, <laughs> um, is that I tell them you really don't want any media whatsoever for the first two years. And here's why. And people don't always think about this. Right now, if I say something to offend Ron, he may still have a nice smile, right? But I'll see it in his eyes that I just offended him. But if I say something funny or I say, you know, I really appreciate you, Ron. Thanks for coming today. I see in his eyes that he's he's receiving what I'm saying, right? This is connection, Mm. right? It's the deep connection of two people that interact with each other, that care about each other, right? Mm -hmm. That's what is so important about families. That's where we learn connection is within families. And some people have rough families. I grew up in a real rough family, left home when I was 17. So that was broken for me, so I had to learn it in other places. But it's the connection with people who love you that changes you for the better. So what does social media do? Social media is, is, is not really about connection. It's mm-hmm. it's a virtual connection. Why is that important? Because I can't see everybody out there. And if I say something to offend you, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I don't see it. And so in texting, it's all about me. Mm-hmm. I text what I want. I don't let anybody interrupt. I can't see if I've offended somebody. I may have said something that really hurt somebody. Mm. I don't see it. Yeah. And they may not respond and I think, oh, they just got busy. I may have really hurt somebody. So it doesn't help me to become sharp socially. It actually Mm -hmm. disconnects me socially. I agree. And and TV does the same thing because if I watch on TV and you, you can see the studies about how many deaths people see or violence, if you see that over and over and you're seeing it, but you're not connecting with it, you're not seeing someone's pain. You're not really experiencing this, but you kind of are and it deadens the circuits. We have a left brain and a right brain which react very differently. And what TV does is it disconnects those two hemispheres. And so we're not connecting, we're just observing. Mm-hmm. And so then we, all, we become internal and we lose our very critical part that is given to us of human connection mm. and ultimately connection with God. Yeah. Because it's a two-way street. We have to listen, and we should listen twice as much as we speak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And we have to be able to speak, but it's got to be in connection. So social media is so destructive that way because it's all one-sided information. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of chat a little bit, you know, texting. I'm not trying to say it's all bad, but you got to think about what's best for you. And what has happened is that a lot of people get this concept of of addiction because you're constantly seeing, am I liked? Am I not liked? You know, you can like a lot of people, but it's not the same as somebody giving you a hug. You know you're cared for there. That's right. And so it's, it's a virtual connection, and that's what's dangerous about it. Don't ever, ever, ever let your social media become your real connection. Mm. And so that's the distinction. If, if you do something and in, in you're on social media a little bit, I would tell, you know, do this pie chart for yourself. Find out how much time really is a, is a healthy amount of time to limit myself on social media, and watch if you're breaking that. Wow. But instead of doing that, I would say, and this is a Bible principle too, fill up on good things first, mm-hmm. right? You do the things that are critical first. We talked about preparedness earlier. Yeah. Look at your life. What should I be doing? And focus on that. And I always tell people with food, fill up on good things first. They say, well, because when they go to the doctor, all, you know, some doctor says, stop this, stop this, stop this, stop this. Okay, I've done my job, good. <laughs> yeah. And then somebody feels they leave and they go, oh, what do I do now? Yeah. I just, I, I, all these foods that I loved and I can't eat anything, I might as well. Well, who cares? I'm just going to do what I want to do. Yeah. Fill up, find something you want to do. Mm-hmm. Right? So pick a few people in your life or pray about this where how should I get connected? And if you've got family, spend some time with your family and connection. Spend some time in your community with connection, real connection, personal connection. And then when those things are filled up first, if you've got some extra time and you've got, you know, social media, well, great. But don't ever let the social media be first. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really important. Fill up on the good things first because social media can become this and everyone's seen it, this time suck. Oh, yeah. The one thing that I want to add to it too that I think is really critical and we don't talk about is you have a hormone that is uh, created and uh, excreted in uh, a pineal gland in the middle of your brain called melatonin mm-hmm. and it helps you sleep mm-hmm. and it helps you restore at night. But it's very affected by light. It's connected actually via nerves to your to your eyes and, and if there's a lot of light coming in It tells that melatonin to not produce, right? And which means you don't sleep as well. So if you're going to talk about social media, if we're going to talk about screen time, be really careful to not get your screen time at night. Mm -hmm. You have to have really calm light, something that's calming. Protect your sleep, social media in the morning or computer time in the morning, you know, emails, okay, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Getting out in the bright light during the day so that your melatonin completely shuts off. Right, and as getting prepared for sleep at night is really important, so it's not just the social media piece which can be difficult, it's also the timing piece, yeah,
0: I totally agree, and that goes back to that concept of temperance it does, and these principles are so amazing because they can be applied to everything, yes, especially the concept of temperance. you know one thing uh that just triggered in my mind um with the Facebook likes or the uh YouTube uh thumbs up or whatever. <clears throat> these affirmative remarks that we get socially um i think we're really searching for affirmation yes and a lot of uh, a lot of our crises in this world are are centered around that what affirms us what what helps us to realize that we're loved because deep down inside of us each one of us wants to be loved mm. uh, but i think we forget that we are loved mm-hmm. you know and and we find Maybe we're going through trials in our um, our, our, our our social um, uh, world that is the the real world around us. And so we go into the virtual world, mm. and we do our say things to receive affirmation. Yes. And then we come back out of it, and there we are again once more in this. Mm. And I'll tell you, I, I, I wasn't a Christian, um, uh, especially my teenage and college years, and I got into drugs of abuse mm-hmm. and I'll tell you that's exactly what drugs of abuse that's the same cycle you yep. you don't have what you want you go to the drug of abuse and yes. you get you get a fix then you go back out all you realize oh the problems didn't go away I'll go back in and get my fix and what happens is the problems get worse and worse yes. the real world becomes worse and worse yes. and that makes you that drives you more and more into the artificial and I think that's Probably one of the biggest dangers of social media. Mm-hmm. If we go to social media seeking affirmation. Yes. If we haven't found affirmation in the real world, we should not touch social media. That's my belief. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise we're going to be drawn into that seeking affirmation. And that's an artificial environment. That's we don't right. even know how artificial it is. We don't know the algorithms that are used in, mm. in promoting uh, posts and all those things. So throw that aside for a moment and, and ask the question, am I loved? And if we have not answered that, we have no business going on to oh, social media. Good yes. <laughs> because yes. even if we don't, okay, we can go to our spouse, we can go to our children, we can go to our uh, other family members, friends. Yes, all of those might give us the response of thumbs down. You know, we might, we might have a lot of dislikes or <laughs> angry right. faces yes, or whatever, yes, crying faces yes. um, as we get on Facebook. Ugh. But you know what? We can always go back to the Word of God. Yeah. And he says, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Mm. That means it never stops. Mm -hmm. So even if we're not affirmed here, because we can get into problems with social relationships too and make those almost a drug. Yes. This is why some people have uh, relationships outside of marriage because they don't feel like they're loved. They don't feel that affirmation. Right. But really the, the root of that feeling is, have we given our heart to someone who will never break it, mm. whose heart is actually breaking for us so that our heart will never break. Yes. Well, that's a great way <laughs> you know? to say that. and And so I think that affirmation needs to be sealed. We need to realize, yes, we are intensely and earnestly loved. And then we can go to these other relationships. We can go to our spouse. We can go to our children. We can go to our friends. We can be a positive benefit to them. We can go on social media temperately, you yes, know? Yes. And we can be a positive benefit to Absolutely. those people, even if no one gives us a thumbs up. We, you know what? Our affirmation <laughs> yeah. comes from the source that it needs to come from. It's from right. the original source. Yes. And Jesus said even, if you love me, right, keep my commandments. The yes. love was the wellspring of following his words right and at the same time if you it, by this will all men know that you are my disciples if you have, have love, love for, for one, one another. another yes as i have um, loved you. so these this this great love is is what emanates i believe all the other positive social interactions that we can have oh, yes. and, and like you said not this is not just about christianity because God's love transcends religion. Absolutely. And I, I believe strongly in the truths of the word of God, and I'm not discounting that. Right. But his love is shed abroad. Oh. Yes. And people respond to that. And and when that affirmation occurs, you find loving people. Yes. And loving people are are in some shape or form, I'd say in the, the macro environment, they're displaying the character of God. Well,
1: you just said something that I think was critical. That was that was beautifully said. Uh, you talked about the character of God. Um, to me, this is the central issue. Uh, if you believe that the character of God is is one of judgment and condemnation, how could you possibly believe that that God loves you? And so, you know, I, I was raised in in a uh, in a home with a Catholic faith, and, and please don't hear that this is anything against Catholics. Please yeah. hear that. This was what I perceived, okay? But I, I was taught that there was a God that was judging and condemning um, it, and and that almost wanted to see you suffer to prove that you were wrong. And I got to say, I ran from that God. Yeah, I, I, I could not conceive of having a relationship with a God that would be that way. When I started to realize that the character of God and who he is is fundamentally different from me, that's a very important point for me, that his love is fundamentally different from my love, it helped me to see that God, and the the Bible tells us this, God is love. It's a source. God is good and only good and always good and is the only source of good. If you start to see God's character from the concept of he always loves you because it's who he is, because in our world of social media, and you had said something that I thought was really interesting. You had said, sometimes we think when we get on social media, what do I need to do or say to get liked? Mm -hmm. That's human love. Human, and, and if you look at the Bible, this is really interesting at, at some point. The reason I bring this up is that we have one word for love, and we say, oh, I love ice cream, and I love my wife, and I love my car, as if it's the same word for love. Mm-hmm. And it's not. And, and, you know, when we take a look at some of the older languages, in the Greek language and other languages, they have uh, an amplification of the concept of love, mm-hmm right and if we really understand that it helps us to see that god loves the entire world i don't care who you are you're god's creation and he loves you infinitely right so the love that the greeks talked about there was actually several different forms one was called eros and eros is just passionate love like this is when when you're physically attracted to somebody. There's this sensual pleasure, and that was a a component of love, but it wasn't the deepest love. It was kind of the more shallow love, if you will, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's a part of that. We want to be accepted. We want to to have a physical acceptance from people, but then there's another love called kind of a brotherly love, which is where Philadelphia comes from, the city of brotherly love, Philos, which is this concept of, I love you as a friend, right? Right and and that gets a little closer to the ideal of love and that's kind of you know i'll give a little bit and i'll take a little bit and i'll be nice to you cuz you're nice to me mm-hmm. that is where we're locked in love i think and eros is even worse if you know and so some people can get into sexual addiction or they can get into pornography online and that's why it's so powerful mm-hmm. is cuz you're starting to believe that that's love wow. so we really have to ask ourselves a deeper question what is love Mm -hmm. Is it human version or physical or just I give if I get because the minute you don't give to me, sorry, pal, I'm cutting you off, Mm -hmm. right? And that's not love, Mm -hmm. right? And so if we come in at this with our concept, if we really don't understand the character of God's love as infinite and unchanging, if we think that God only gives to get and if we don't give to him what he wants, if we disobey, if we didn't do what we were supposed to, and that shame piece. Oh, I'm a mistake. So therefore, God must look at me as a mistake. Mm. Then we're projecting our misunderstanding of love on God, mm. but that's not His view, mm. right? So when we get online, this is I think the biggest problem in our society. I know that's a big statement, but is of how we love. It's I'm going to get online, and if if I Show a video if I do something a little edgy or something, and I get all these likes. All right, I'm always seeking after something, so I'll give you whatever you need so that I can get something in return. I'll give you something because I want love back. As if the concept is, love only gives to me when I give it to it first. Mm -hmm. Whoa. And that you can only love me if I first did something for you. Mm. And that the minute I stop doing something for you, love's gone. Mm. Now there's this highest form of love, which is agape love, which is God's love. Now it's only God's love, but here's the great thing. If we connect with God through his power, he gives that love inside of us. Mm. Now agape love's different. Agape love says, yeah, you made a mistake and you did it 490 (laughs) times. I'm still going to forgive you Mm -hmm. because I love you. And it's, It's the commitment of the person to choose to love, period, Mm. always. Wow. If you have that concept of the character of God's love, there is not one thing you can do. There's not one mistake you can make, save one, where God's not going to love you. And the only mistake you can make, the only one, is where you say, sorry, God, I don't want your love. Now, he's still going to love you. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't even break his love. He's still going to love you but he respects you enough to have your freedom of choice. So you can still do that, but at any point, at any point, at any point that you say, God, I just want to experience your love. I, I want to seek your face. I want to do whatever is necessary so that I can understand you and follow you. There's nothing you can do to break that love. And if people had that concept, then they wouldn't be looking for love online. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't be looking for love through human relationships. They would realize, I am loved, not because of what I've done, <laughs> mm. but because of who God is. Mm. And therefore, that's a confident love. This is that fear anxiety. It keeps yeah. coming back, doesn't yeah. it? That's right. It's that fear anxiety piece of, well, then I'm not going to get enough love, or I'm not going to get enough of what I need. or So I have, to do, I have to do things, because at least things I can get, because I don't know if I'm going to get loved. Mm. But if you had the concept that God loves me, period, therefore I've got the power to do anything I need, because God's got my back. Yeah. Well, then you can give love, even in a time when somebody's being mean to you. Yeah. Just like Christ did. Yeah. And that love, when you taste that, I'll tell you, that's the sweetest thing in life right there.
0: Right? Yeah. And that's that's the solution to the anxiety problem in general. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because we can live day by day. You look at Christ, who knew that he was going to be crucified, the most horrific ordeal that a human body could go through. (laughs) And yet he still, he was, his, his, his words, his actions, his character exuded the character of love. Yes. You know, the, the utmost exemplification of that character. Sure. And so during this time, we're, we're told that perfect love casteth out fear. That's right. There's no fear in love. That's right. We can go through this, this apparently by worldly standards, ter, uh, horrific ordeal with peace in our hearts. Mm-hmm. Not because maybe we have enough toilet paper at home or whatever, you know. <laughs> even without toilet paper, piles. I'm going to be okay. <laughs> <Exactly. sighs> um, and, and I'm not saying you shouldn't, no, it's understand. a good thing to have, but yeah. uh, ultimately our anxieties can be put to rest when we have that true knowledge of who God is, Yes. and we realize that He loves us, and and even though these things are happening in the world around us, and this can be in any situation, you no know, Coronavirus will come and go, um, but other tribulations and trials will come, will take its place. Mm -hmm. And so we can can almost be on this plane of existence that's above the trials and turmoils of the world. Mm -hmm. It's not saying that we don't interact with them, because we do but we can be exempt from the anxiety which they engender. Yes. And we can be a positive influence upon those around us because that love manifests itself, that agape love manifests itself in generosity, in in deeds of... of uh, caring and and, unselfish and, and, and service, yeah. unselfish service, and and inspires it, awakens it, nobler uh, purposes in others as well. That's what we need. Yes. that is a solution to the coronavirus pandemic, right there.
1: Absolutely, yes, absolutely. And uh, I think you know, people, if they can hear and understand and see the character of God and the power of God, it allows you to get through any of these times. Right and to be useful in these times, so you're right. That is the the ultimate cure for this. The nice thing about God is He's very practical too. Amen. Right, He gives us the the tips we need to get through each day, and to be able to to have it be fun, and enjoyable, and vibrant, and help others as well.
0: That's right. Yeah, that's right. And and that really is what I believe our existence was um, put into being for. Mm-hmm. You no, know, um, and that's really where we get our highest enjoyment. So, Dr. Zach, I want to thank you for taking the time out from your your busy schedule. Absolutely. Um, And I want to encourage all of you to take time out to to receive that affirmation that you can only receive from God. He he longs to give it to you. Um, And day by day, His mercies are new. Day by day, His love can be new and newly implanted into our hearts. So I want to encourage you Mm. to seek for that solution to the trials and tribulations around you in the Word of God. Um, and through the word of God. Thank you.